day, everyone. Uh, I hope is well. We should always hear Besiris Tavis. I, uh, I I thought about this idea very spontaneously. It's not like I have a project or anything like that, but it, it is really fascinating that Reb Moshe has so much to say. But really amazing about Reb Moshe is that even when he's dealing with a Hashkofa topic, uh, his mahalach is almost, it's incredibly consistent. And that part of that mahalach is that, as you will see, he's very interested in what we would call dotting the I's and crossing the T's. I always found that to be one of the tremendous milers of Reb Moshe, and also what makes Reb Moshe in many ways very difficult for people to learn, is that Reb Moshe wasn't satisfied with saying the vart, you know, the fundamental principle, the fundamental idea. He was interested in taking that and bringing it through every detail of the Gemara, of the Rishonim, of the Gedolei HaAchronim that he brings, so that he explains the Machloikas and then he goes through consistently in, in a way that everything fits, everything has to work for Reb Moshe to be masking that this is the Pshat. So what are we talking about? What's our first topic? Our first topic is a very famous Gemara. And actually someone asked him a Shaila that he thinks that the Rashi in the Gemara and Masechus Psochim and the Rabbeinu Yoyna, which is quoted by the Ran and the Dorim, are saying exactly the same thing. About what? About Alma of the Ha'aretz. Why was Eretz Yisrael destroyed? Why did the Jews, why were they sent to the Golos? Beisamigdash was destroyed. Alma of the Ha'aretz. So let's begin. The Shalos of Trubasigris Moshe is in Arachayim Chelek Aleph. Uh, the first series of Trubas are going to be from Chelek Aleph. Arachayim Yeridei Ebenezer Chayshem Mishpat. Arachayim Chelek Aleph Simen Chaf. And he says, this is uh, the title is Biur Bechiluk Pirish Rashi Upirish Rabbeinu Yoyna Baal Shaloberchu Batoira Tchila. And this is from the year Tovshin Yud, right? That's uh, 1950. Beis the Cholamoid Pesach. And it's written to Milos Kvod Yedidi Harav Agoyen Rabbi Yisrael Parat Shlita. And he says, Ma Shehiksha Katar Kvod Tairasay Harama Al Haran Nedolim Daf Pei Aleph Sha'al Shaloi Belchu Batoyo Tchila the Torah was not important enough. Rashi says the same thing, and this was his question. Why is the Ran bringing from the Megillah story of Rabbeinu Yoyna? When in fact, it's a Beferish Rashi who says exactly the same thing in the Gemara of Metziah Daf Pehe. And Rav Moshe says, Pirushim. He says, they're not the same, and actually upligi, and they are cholik on one another, perhaps. So what are we talking about? Let's give some background here. Gemara Masechus Bav Metziah Daf Pehe Omer Aleph, going over to Pehe Omer Beis, and this Gemara is repeated in the Gemara in the Durham. Interestingly, 
enough daf pe aleph from it aleph, not so far in the numbers. So it's easy to remember, they're both in the daf pe's. The Gemara Bab Metziah says, Amarab Yehud Amarab. Maidersiv, they quote a posuk in Yomio Perek Tes, posuk Yud Aleph and posuk Yud Bez. Mioyish el Chochom v'yovene zois, v'asher diber pi Hashem elov v'yagido. Who is the wise man that should understand this? Or the person that HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to him so that he should tell it over. Alma avdaharetz nitzesach hamidbar mibli oivel. Why was the land destroyed? Why did it perish? It was destroyed like a midbar. It was turned into a midbar that no one ever travels through. Nitzesach hamidbar mibli oivel. Why? Dovah zeh says the Gemara. Alma avdaharetz. Amru Chachomim. The Chachomim, because it says, Mio Yishachacham. They said the Chachomim should try to explain it, Velo Pirshuhu, and they were not able to explain it. Amun Nevi'im, they said it to the Nevi'im, Velo Pirshuhu, they were not able to explain it. Ad continues the Gemara, Shepir Shei HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ba'atzmai. Until HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bechvoidoi Ve'atzmai gave the reason. Shenema. And this is the very next pasuk in Yemio Perektes. This is pasuk Yud Beis. Vayoyme Hashem al ozvam es teirosi asher nasati lifneihem v'loy shamu v'koyli v'loy halachuva. The pasuk shad of the pasuk seems to be very straightforward. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says that he destroyed because they abandoned the Torah. Ozvam es teirosi asher nasati lifneihem that I presented to them. Right, they didn't heed my voice for and they didn't follow in the ways of the Torah. Rav Yehuda says in the name of Rav, what does that mean? This is in fact one of the most incredible Gemaras in all of Shas. And I mean that very seriously. And what is bringing them to make such a comment? It seems to be such a small thing. And there are many questions. The first and foremost question is, don't we see in the Nevoa of Yemio in particular, but Yeshayo as well, don't we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had many reasons of a Dezorah, Gila there are many things that Bezdin did wrong. They didn't listen to the Almonis and the Yisoyimim. They gave preferential treatment to the Gvirim. They did all kinds of terrible things. And the Pesach says, Al-Ozvam es Tairasi, they abandoned the Torah. They didn't listen to my voice and they didn't follow in its footsteps. So that's it? Shaloi Be'echu Ba'Tairah they didn't make the birchas hatayra before they were learning. It doesn't even say they weren't learning. It says they didn't make the birchas hatayra. That's why of the ha'aretz. So what's going on over here? Apparently, what was disturbing the Gemara is that the flow of the psukim, pasuk yud aleph and yud beis and yemio perik yud 
פרק טס, מהאיש החכם ביובן, who can understand and who can fathom this? So what is this so difficult to understand? And which Navi was told this and he explained it to us? But the Navim did explain it to us. So what's the question? Apparently, apparently, there's something very, very precise, very subtle, so subtle that even the Chachomim and even the Nevi'im were not able to express it, to explain it, to fathom it, until the Rebbeinu Shalom himself was Megala, the secret. He, now, you know what's going on over here, obviously, is that we're speaking about root causes. In other words, where did the rot begin? You know, there's a doctor comes and he examines the, the, the leg of this person and it's very gangrenous and the leg has to come off. So you'll ask, why does the leg have to come off? Why does this person have to remain a cripple for the rest of their lives? Teretz is because the gangrene is set in and it threatens to poison the entire body and kill him. The question is, but where did the gangrene come from? How did it all start? Was it a wound? Was it a diabetes? What was it? So maybe it's some secret thing, some small thing that caused the original rat, was not caught in time, was not properly understood, was not properly appreciated, and before you know it, it's too late. This is, seems to be what the Gemara is driving at. They want to know the etiology of the Churban Beis Hamidrash, where the most egregious and obvious things are Avodazar, and all the other things that we mentioned. But where does it start? What is that kernel of rot, that kernel of decay, of disintegration? Where did they start going wrong? What was the problem? So Rabbi Yehuda Marav says that we have to look for something that is so subtle, that is so seemingly small and insignificant, and realize the incredible import. And how will we find it? If we look for it ourselves, if the Chachamim couldn't, and Nevi'im couldn't, so how could we? The answer is we have a hint. Look carefully at the Pasuk, says Rabbi Yehudah Marav. Alma of the Ha'aretz. Al ozvam es tayrasi asher nasati lifnehem. Velo shamu bakoli velo halchuba. Ozvam es tayrasi asher nasati lifnehem. There's something about learning Torah that's separate and apart from the other inyanim. Lo shamu bakoli lo halchuba. And in fact, the way Rabbi Yehuda Marav reads the Pasuk, it's like A leads to B and B leads to C. Azvam es tayrasi ashenasati lefnehem. And then because of that, loishamu b'koli, and then because of that, loihochuba. So we have to figure out what is this azvam es tayrasi ashenasati lefnehem. 
They didn't say the Birchas HaTorah before they started learning the Torah. Rashi says, on the Dibra Maschus Shloi Berchu Batayrat Chila, what does Rashi say? Kishayu Oiskim Batayra, Lohayu Mevorchim Lefanel. When they were learning Torah, they didn't bless the Rebbeinu Shlalem who gave us the Torah before they started learning. The Bracha Lefanel. He says, Ka Yisela, Ba'ashel Nosati Lifnehem, Kadarash. Rashi says the secret here, the hint that the Rebbeinu Shlom B'chvodu V'atzmai, right, Vayoymer Hashem, Al-Ozom Es-Tayrasi should have been enough. They abandoned the Torah. Asher Nasati Lifneim, what is that adding? Those three words, Asher Nasati Lifneim, what is it adding? So he says, Rashi, Ka Yisela the Asher Nasati Lifneim, Kadolish. That's the lifnehem. That which they do, lifnei, the learning, this is where the problem lies. So Rashi says, how is it that not making the bracha lifnei is the source of the original kernel of the churban that eventually happened? What was the slippery slope? How did it begin? What was the original snowball that made the avalanche? So he says, the kevon de lomavarchi. These are the critical words that Rabbi Parat, who asked the question of Rabbi Moshe, wants to know how are these words that we're about to see in Rashi, how does it differ from the words of the Rabbi Yoyna quoted by the Ran in the Dorim, Daf Peyalf. Rashi says, the kevon de lomavarchi, it reveals what's going on in their minds. It's not an important matona. It's not an incredible gift. When you make the bracha, you are speaking specifically about the Nesinas HaTorah, the Matona of the Torah. And when you make the bracha, we say we are unique amongst the nations of the world, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us something that he didn't give anybody else. Chochma Bagoyim Tamin, Torah Bagoyim Al Tamin. And that was a Matona that we were given. Apparently they were Oisek in the Torah. They were busy with it, but they weren't Machshavit. And because they weren't Machshavit, the rest is history. That was the snowball that began the entire avalanche. That was the kernel of the gangrene that set in, that caused the Churban Beis Hamikdash eventually. So it's not pshat that because they didn't make a birchas Torah, but they were perfect in every other way, Hakadosh Baruch destroyed the Beis Hamikdash. But because of this, they weren't able to be perfect. They weren't able to keep the Torah properly, and sooner or later. Everything fell apart. This is Rashi. I repeat, the Kivan Dalom Mavarchi, Galya Datayu, they reveal their sentiments, their, their understanding. It's not that important. 
Let's now go to the Ran in the Durin and see what the Ran says. He says, Because it says that HaKadosh Baruch had to say it, right? The Ran says that you see from this Pasuk that Hashem needed to reveal it because no one else understood it. And of course, this particular Nekuda of L'Berch who would have fathomed that that is the source of all the Tzaras that we had in the Churban of the first Beis HaMikosh. But he adds the following words, Motsasi b'Megillah Stolim Shalarav Reb Yoyna Zal. So this is a Sefer from Rabbeinu Yoyna that the Ran found. Rabbeinu Yoyna lives at the same time as the Ramban, which is several generations before the Ran. The Kroh HaChidayik the The Pasuk is Medayik, that the reason for the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, the source of that is because it would be simply because they abandoned the Torah means they stopped keeping all the mitzvahs. So that, if they stopped learning altogether, if there was no Limbud HaTorah in Klal Yisrael, that is such a horrible thing. That How is it possible that the Chachomim and the Nevi'im couldn't pick up on that? Right? It's something obvious. People saw nobody was learning Torah. Torah was abandoned completely. So it was very easy to see that this is something really terrible. And they could explain it, they can discuss it, they can talk about it. The Kalifarish, it's easy to explain. Elavadai, Oiskin Hoyu Batayra Tomid. Avadagi, this day were Oisik Batayra. Tomid, constantly. Ulafikoch, Hoyu Chachomim Unavim Tmehim, Amo of the Horitz. Achepirshaya Kadushbochu Baatzme. Shahu Yodea Mamaki Alev. Hakadushbochu knows the secrets of the heart. He knows what's going on inside a person. In other words, what he's saying is, if you see that the whole Klal Yisrael stopped learning, you see that they stopped learning. There's the base medrash is empty. You see that nobody's opening up a sefer. Nobody's darshing droshes. Nobody's makil kiel is barabit. But how do you know something as subtle and as small and imperceptible as whether they made brachas or not? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, can tell you because he knows everything. So he's Yodeya Mamaki Aleiv, Shlohoyum Vorchin Batayrat Chila. Klomar, Shlohoysa Hatayra Chashuva Be'enehem, Kolkach, Sheyehei Roi Levarech Olecha. The Torah was not important enough that it should be appropriate to make a brach on it. Very interesting. It's an Indian, but it's not such an Indian. Now here's very interesting. He adds the following words. And because of that, they were mezalzal. They, they were lax. They were 
Mat Machshiv the Torah, they 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 held it in low esteem. It wasn't important enough. It's not worthy of making a bracha. Vahainu lohochu ba, kloimar, bekavanosa velishma. Eilu divrei harava chosetzal, vahim noyim, ruuyim lemishamar. This is the rap. Now, at first blush, even Ani Akoton, if I'm looking at the Ran and I'm looking at Rashi, I notice immediately two maybe fundamental distinctions. Distinction number one, the Rashi doesn't mention anything about Lishma. Nothing. Rashi simply says, Kivan Dolomavarchi, Galyo Daatayu, they reveal what's going on inside their hearts. They speak, Rashi speaks about the matona, the gift that the Torah is. Right? The Ran, he says, that is true. is the same as Rashi. Because they were not Oisik Lishma, the Torah was not important enough to deserve a bracha. And because of that, that they didn't make a bracha, they were mezalzel in the bracha and memela loyhochuba bekavanosa lovishma. So the second thing that's different is the source. Rashi learns from Ashana Sati Lifnehem, and the Rabbeinu Yonah learns from Voloyhochuba. But in the end, they're both saying because they were not machshiv the Torah. The Torah was not chashuva be'inayim. So they asked, Rav Parat asks Rav Moshe, what, what it really is the difference between the two? He also knows that the language isn't exactly the same. But the import seems to be identical. So Rav Moshe says, not only are they two separate pirushim, but they're actually mechuluk. Now, this is very fascinating. He goes and explains Rashi. First. Yeah, Rashi comes first. So he says, the Yesh Lefarish, says Reb Moshe, the Mashalei Berchu Hoya Mishum Shesavu Delimud HaTorah Eino Mitzvah Mitzad Atzma Kishal Mitzvahs. He says, you know that we might embellish a little bit what the, this point that, that Reb Moshe makes. Klau Yisrael said, And one of the Pirushim, Beisalevi, others, one of the Pirushim that is given to the great Moment of Nasev and Ishma, what's so special? So Pashupshad is that they're willing to do whatever Hashem tells them, even before Akadush Bochu tells them what it is that he wants them to do. That's the Chayru the Pashupshad in the Gemara Masach Shabbos, which speaks about the Amma Pazizla, the Kadmisu Pumaychulu Naychul. You said Nasev before you even heard anything. How do you know that what Akadush Bochu is going to command you is good, that you're so quick and willing to accept it? but you are a hasty nation. But the, the pshat that we are suggesting now 
is that Nasa Nishma comes to teach us something very special about Torah learning. Normally, you have a blueprint. You only need the blueprint until you build the building. Because the purpose of the blueprint, of the blueprint is that you have to know how to build a building. Where do you put this? Where do you put that? How many feet down do you go? How much distance between one and another? Where do you put the door? Where do you put the windows? But once you've built a building, then you put the blueprint uh, as a keepsake because, uh, you know, you put it in a museum or you simply get rid of it. You throw it out. I don't need it anymore. The Torah could be regarded in that way. The learning is for the sake of doing. Once I do, I don't need the learning except that I have to know how to do it. The whole purpose of the learning is the preparation for the Asiyah. If I don't know, I won't be able to do. Medrash mevi lidei maisa. And that's the whole tachlis of learning. Learning, because learning itself is an Indian. Learning itself is a mitzvah. Learning itself is a great mitzvah. The Talmud Torah, Keneged Kula. So it's conceivable to look at learning Torah as simply the preparation for mitzvahs. In the same way that building a sukkah isn't the mitzvah, living in the sukkah is the mitzvah. But if you don't build a sukkah, you won't have a sukkah to live in. If you don't learn Torah, you won't know what to do. Now, of course, a tremendous nafkaminas. Nafkaminas in terms of what constitutes Torah. When something is no longer halacha lemaisa, you stop learning it because it's not relevant, and so on and so forth. And actually, the shach says, if a person has a limited amount of time, and the question is, what should he learn? Avadagavis, he's mechuyiv to learn those things which are magayal amaisa, before he learns anything else. But everyone is masking, at lasag b'dibre Torah, al-dibre Torah, to learn Torah. This means the corpus of Torah in its vast array, in its great majesty, for its own sake. For its own sake. So he says, Ramosha says, Don't make a bracha on the manufacturer of the sukkah, because the manufacturer of the sukkah is simply of providing the tools to do the mitzvah, which is the yeshiva sasukkah. And then he writes, and that's why they were punished. Not only is it a separate mitzvah, but it's a superior mitzvah. Of course, the Mishnah we mention all the time. When we make the Birchus HaTorah, the Talmud Torah keneged kulam. And then he writes, it's conceivable that it's simply superior because it leads to every mitzvah. Every mitzvah has halachas, every mitzvah has dinim, every mitzvah has categories, every mitzvah needs to be explained. And therefore, in order to be able to do the mitzvahs, you always have to be learning. So maybe the superiority of Talmud Torah keneged kulam is because it's maybe li de maise, and that he says 
seems to be the Mahalik of Rashi and Kedusha Nafmen. Or the Etzim learning is Odif, right? Like it says in the Pasuk, yeah, anything, you know, it's Yekara Himipninim, it's superior to everything. Yushalni in Peyot, Peyot, Halacha Aleph, over there by the Talmud Torah, Kulam, Afilu kol mitzvah seo shal Torah, all the mitzvahs, enon shabais ledover echad minat Torah. So this, that Torah is separate, apart, a great mitzvah, maybe a superior mitzvah. Al kol ponem zeh shachashfu, shalimud ha Torah, eno mitzvah be'etzen. It's not a mitzvah. In an, in its own right. Why is it a chet gadol? It's very fascinating. According to Reb Moshe's Mahalach, I was suggesting it's the beginning of, of, of everything. It's the source of all our problems. But it isn't the ultimate the ultimate is about the Zargilarai and everything else. And apparently, according to Rabbi Moshe, this alone would have been sufficient to bring upon them the Khurba. That's incredible. Now he says, where does it fit into the words of Rashi? The cave and the Loma Varchi, Gaulyodatayu de Eno Matona Hashuvalahem. Pirush, Inyon Asik Limud Hatoira Atzma. It's a very fascinating. He learns that when Rashi said it means in its own right. That's not the matona. What is the matona? The matona is mitzvahs. The Baruch Shalom commanded us What's Tayru Mitzvah? Just Tayru U Mitzvah? He says the Tayru is to perform the Mitzvah, the Mitzvah is the Iker, that's the Matana. We relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in everything that we do, and the purpose of learning is simply to know how to do it. And therefore, you don't make the Bracha before the Fanoah. And, and according to Rabbi Moshe, it was almost like a technical point. Why don't we make the bracha lefanah? Because you don't make a bracha on something that is a hechsher mitzvah. You only make a bracha on the mitzvah that you're mekayim. And when it's a hechsher mitzvah, there's no bracha. They didn't make a bracha on Torah because the Torah was simply to know what to do. It was the building of the sukkah equivalent. And the doing was the yeshiva sasukkah. So you could build a sukkah. You could learn the gemara nesach sukkah. But the bottom line is the same. You don't make a bracha. So according to this, the way he learns Rashi, it wasn't chashuva, means it didn't have its own integrity. And what about Rabbeinu Yoyna? Our Rabbeinu Yoyna loy mefarish came. He says, Rabbeinu Yoyna did not agree. And what does he say? Yadu shalimud ha he mitzvah gedoyla. They didn't make that mistake, according to Rabbeinu Yoyna. They knew that learning is definitely a mitzvah by itself, unto itself, and it is a mitzvah gedayla. So what's the problem? 
b'meizid shaloi lomdu ha-toyro lishma mishum shaloi hoisa ha-toyro chashuva be'einehem lo-loimda mitzad chashivusa. Remember, I pointed out that right away you see that Rashi didn't mention the word lishma. And the Rabbeinu Yonah emphasizes that they didn't learn it lishma. Comes Rabbi Moshe and he says, look, Rashi doesn't talk about learning Torah Lishma because he, he understands to begin with that the learning of the Torah was only for the sake of doing the mitzvahs. So that itself is the egregious problem. That's the horror of the thing. But the Rabbeinu Yonah is more subtle. He said, no, they understood that learning Torah is, 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 is its own right. But they didn't give it its proper pedestal. They didn't give it its proper chashivas. They didn't give it its proper code. What is it? Not Narishkaitin, a Kavoid, or Parnosa even. Now here's very interesting because he's implying that the fact that they didn't make Bircha Satira, which implies that they didn't have a sense of the ultimate chashibas of Torah, the superiority of Torah, of the essential quality of Torah in their lives, is a simon that the Rat already set in about their whole hashkafas oilam, according to Rabbeinu Yoyna, as Rabbi Moshe explains it. They, they, you know, they abandoned the Rabbeinu Shloilam's hierarchy of importance his ladder of chashivus. They built for themselves a different ladder, a different hierarchy. For them, what was on the top was Eulam was Gashmius, was in Yone Hevo, even in Yone Parnosa, in Yone Kovod. All of these things were much more important. And that's what it means, they weren't machshiv, the Torah that they were learning, even as they were learning it. Now, of course, you could ask them, why were they busy learning it so much? So the answer perhaps is exactly that, that that was a source of, of honor and respect and so on. Hard to understand how something could not be important on the one hand and be a source of honor and respect on the other. Imagine a person was a multimillionaire, he got more respect. You know, I always quote the story that they say about Reb Chaim Kanievsky, that there was a certain gvir that uh, had this uh, dilemma, you know, was going to be making a very big chasana and he was going to invite a lot of people and it was a very posh uh, place, you know, and it was, was you know, in the cupboard and a tremendous expense, but then he suddenly got a tzip in arts, maybe it's going to bring him a benign aura. So he went to Rebchaim Kanyevsky, he says, you know, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do it. So Rebchaim Kanyevsky says, you're afraid of an ayin horror. Did you learn through Shas? He says, no. Did you learn through Mishnayis? No. He says, do you know Tanakh? He says, no. He says, don't worry about it. Nobody's going to give you a Nainara. But Lamai said, they will give him a Nainara. You know why? Because to the people that come, what's really important, unfortunately, is all of that glance, all of that pomp and ceremony, all of that riches, the money that he spends, the big band, and the fancy hall, and the beautiful clothes, and the jewelry that's dripping all over everybody. This is really what's important. And the Talmud HaChom and their window dressing. So it's very interesting. You could have window dressing, but it doesn't become the most important thing to you. 
You can have both. You can have people learning. You can even have the covet of Torah. But it's not the, the chashivas of Torah itself. Torah gives you status. Good. But Torah is not meant to give you status. Torah gives you status because the Torah is great. It's beautiful. And nafkamin is how much mitzvahs nefesh do you have for it? So this was the incredible understanding that Rabbeinu Yoyna had, according to Rabbi Yoyna. They didn't say it's just for the sake of doing mitzvahs. It is a great mitzvah. It's a mitzvah unto itself. But doesn't mean that they were it. Very interesting. You can be busy with a mitzvah, but you don't appreciate how, how important, how critical it is. You know, the Pasuk says, in, You don't have to, you don't have to feel that to, to be busy learning. I would go one step further. Learning as an intellectual exercise is very fascinating. A person can immerse himself in a sugya because he has a tremendous cup, has a great intellect. This sugya is very intriguing. How do you explain the Machloikas? How do you understand the Rajba? What is the Vilna Gaon trying to say? You can really be captivated by it. And you can miss the point entirely. That the Torah is Kiheim Chayenu Yamenu. You could miss that completely. That this is a connection to the Rebbeinu Shlomo. Like I always say, it gives you an opportunity to touch the infinite, to be Dovik to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You don't have to know that or believe in that. The Torah can be learned by Goyim. Torah can be learned by people who are not from and they could get a geschmack in it. And that's really the learning is not lishma. It doesn't have that understanding, that appreciation. And that's what he said. Says Reb Moshe. They know it's a mitzvah, but that's not what's motivating them. And he says, I, even if it's shalolishma, don't you have to make a bracha? Right? As it says, like the Gemara says, and many other places in Shas, in some places it says and the Shailas what's Shita Sarambam. This is a long arichus that we don't have time for right now. very famous expression. What comes next? Right? That's what that's what he says. So so how, how could you say that they learned it not lishma? It's not because they're, they're trying to use it to, to, to oppress people or, or, or to hurt anybody. But, but HaKadosh Baruch knows that, that their learning was not to hurt anybody, but it was missing that lishma. But you get schar for missing, for not learning lishma. In Kain Echnes Chaybo Onish. So he says, Yesh Lomar. Here Reb Moshe introduces an idea. If we had the time, we would develop this idea, but actually it's an idea that Reb Chaim Velozhina says and others. 
when you say what if you somehow could guarantee that it would never be that this the kind of learning that it is violates the it's not going to be ever so then that's not the proper learning Torah the only of Torah is because it leads to Lishma. sooner or later the Torah is going to capture Sooner or later, you're going to understand its value. Sooner or later, you're going to appreciate what's called Milas HaTorah. The brother of the Vilna Gon wrote a whole little sefer called Milas HaTorah, where he collects from all the Midrashim and all the sources, he collects this idea of the Hashivas of Torah, of Torah learning. What happens if you don't ever come to that? So he says, if you don't come to it, if you don't ever come to it, then So that's he teaches the Rabbeinu Yoyna. And then he says, you know what? Maybe the Taka didn't even make a brach. They, 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 but but because of the bracha itself that they didn't make a bracha, they wouldn't be punished from not making a bracha. Like let's say they always ate and they forgot to make a, a, a bracha, you know, you know, it's not a reason to destroy the Beis Hamikdash. It shows that they don't fully appreciate, you know, this, that, whatever. They get their gazlonim, but still. But the problem is here that this bracha b'chus ha-Torah shows you that they don't have an appreciation of Torah. And that's what it means that they learn Shalom Lishma. This is the Hezber of Reb Moshe. And he goes into a lot of dotting the I's and crossing the T's, as I said, and if you're interested, it's very kadai for you to take a look. I would rather, for the next few minutes that we have, show you something that's very fascinating. Now, but but it's kadai to go to the rest of the tshuva, which isn't very much longer. But he goes through the nitty gritty based on the Rambam and the ideas of the Rambam of Mitav Shlolishma Balishma, and. Uh, why Rashi's Chalak and Rabbeinu Yoyna, and you know, and 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 what's the machloikus between them? And he even comes out at the very end. A person does a mitzvah shaloi lishma. These are the last words. V'nimtza sheish machloikus ledina. Ve'echad shaisa mitzvah shaloi lishma. Shalarashi v'roiv hamafoshim yesh lo levarich. And he brings that according to the Rambam, he shouldn't make a bracha. This is very fascinating. And it says zechidush gadol ledina. And he leaves it at that, because we don't pass like that anyhow. So he leaves it like that. But to say that is a mouthful. And how he got to it from this machloikas between Rashi and Rabbeinu Yoyna, where does the Ramam come into the picture altogether? So take a look yourselves at the end of the tshuva. Again, I'll repeat where it is, so you can look it up yourselves. It's in Chelek Aleph Arachayim, Simen Chaf. Chelek Aleph Arachayim, Simen Chaf. But what I'd like to show you is something else. Very interesting. Let's repeat. What is it that Reb Moshe 
says, according to Rashi, that makes Rashi different than the Rabbi Yoyna. The Rashi, again, Meseches Bab Metziah Pehei, versus the Rabbi Yoyna in the Durham Taf Aleph. The Rabbi Yoyna, that's quoted by the Ram. So Rashi, he learns, they didn't appreciate that the Torah is for its own sake. That it's a mitzvah b'fne'atzma and an extremely chash of a mitzvah to boot. They felt that the whole purpose of learning is to know what to do. It was the heksha, it was the hakdoma, it's equivalent, bekitzer, to building a sukkah. According to Rabbi Yoyna, they did understand, says Rabbi Yisha, that the mitzvah b'fne'atzma, but it's not such a chash of a mitzvah. They didn't give it its priority. You know, before we continue, I want you to know that one of the things I believe that happened after the Muhammad, and I, I must admit it's only amongst the, uh, the, the Haredisha world, amongst the, the world of, 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 of Torah. And I have to tell you that the, the uh, incredible beauty of Torah and the Hashivas of Torah amongst the modern Orthodox was, was conveyed by Rav Soloveitchik, the Rav, over and over and over again. And it's very fascinating to see the tools that he used. First of all, his language and also his analogies and, and his use of, 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 of philosophical and scientific terminology and the use of Latin phrases. I remember even in the Shiurim, he would say, you know, uh, all kinds of phrases which, you know, mutatis mutandis, sine qua non, uh, willy-nilly. Uh, I, I had a chavrusa who was a real let's. So uh, he used to say that uh, when he first heard willy-nilly, you know, willy-nilly, it's an English, an, an anglicization of a Latin phrase, wolens, nolens. Wolens is willing and nolens is not willing, you know, yes or no, you know, whether you like it or not, that's willy-nilly. Willy-nilly means whether you like it or not, that's the trap, that's the maskon. So he said that when he came to the Rav Shia for the first time, from uh, whatever yeshiva he came from, so he heard the words willy-nilly, he thought he was a third baseman for the New York Mets or whatever. Willy-nilly. Now that's a litzonus. Abba Lamaisa, the Rav used to use these phrases. And I think what the Rav was doing, and especially when he gave these major lectures and he spoke in universities, he was giving the chashivus of Torah over to people who are appreciative of the academics, but they didn't know anything about Torah and its value. But most important, what the Rav did was that he kept hammering away that Reb Chaim made a revolution and it was in a sophisticated way of thinking. And he kept saying the logic of Torah matches in every possible way the most sophisticated analyses of higher mathematics, Bizman And he kept saying this over and over and over again. And the reason he did it was because he needed to be Marshiv Torah to a world that could not possibly conceive that in these Gemaras and in these Inyonim and these Halachas about Shabbos and Erevin, the Dafyomids today, or, 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 or Gemaras about Karbonus and that there's such incredible structure and that you could wrap a towel around your head of cold water so you should halt cut before it explodes from the thousands of thoughts and, and complications 
And that this was something that Rav was very, very able to convey to an olam so that they should be able to appreciate the chashivas of Torah. But in the yeshiva shevelt, those people who survived, and they learned in Shanghai and they came to America and wherever they came from, the Sheiris HaPleita, and everybody, they came and together, everyone created an environment where Torah is the best is something that's understood. You want to know to what extent? I'll be very honest with you. Like Rav Aaron Kotler said, if there wouldn't be a Beis Yaakov, there wouldn't be a Lakewood. That's true. But you know, you ask your average Beis Yaakov girl, and I say Beis Yaakov, doesn't have to be called Beis Yaakov, but a girl that comes out of a matzav and she's ready for Shaduchim. Here in Eretz soil, everywhere. And you're going to say, this boy, he learns. He learned a lot of years. Now he wants to go to university. He wants to go study. He wants to take courses. He wants to become a, a plumber, whatever it is. He wants to go into business. He's in real estate. His father's in real estate. She doesn't want to look at him. She doesn't want to look at him. She's not interested. That's Hashibu Satayim. It's incredible. I, I think it's a major revolution. People do not understand that after the Churban, that was the only thing that saved us. And I want you to know that in the time, my father used to tell me, a yeshiva bachar was a bank fetcher. He was a parasite. Not that there aren't people that think that even today. But they don't think it with the same conclusion and the same absoluteness and the same venom. They worry that a better person maybe won't have a parnos. What's going to be? That's a different kind of question. But not that it doesn't have any value. It doesn't have any purpose. You know, Avaran's Cutler's sister wrote him, and she said to him, if you don't go to university, you're going to live your life and no one will know from you. How could you do this? <laughs> no one will know from you. But it's incredible. You have Gedolim, people who were world famous for their greatness in Torah, hundreds of thousands of people at their Levaya. It's really incredible. So this is something that did not exist in Europe. The yeshivas, they were learning, learning with Mesiris Nefesh. They couldn't find the shidduch. It's a lot of disintegration. And there was a lot of chesan of the Shalobarch Batar Tchila that we're talking about. But I wanted to show you something very fascinating before we, we, uh, we leave, as it were. We leave this topic. As a Hashem, next week we'll have a different topic. Chsam Seifer on the Durin explains the Rabbeinu Yoyna. And he says, Vosit Abshat of the Rabbeinu Yoyna, says the Chsam Seifer in the Durin, that Pe'alaf and Pe'alaf, that Gemara, Shalai Oskubatayra Lishma. And he says, what does it mean, those words, with a dot in the hay, for its sake, for the Torah's sake? And why does it say, because what it really means, is that they, they were Isaac in the Torah for their own practical reasons, for their COVID and their pranosa, and so on and so forth. He says, no. He says there could be a Torah that's mamish achverak l'shem shamayim. Ach ein kavanosay belimur ha Torah elokedei leida ha halacha 
איך לקיים המצווה. וכיוון שכל עצמו של עושה לימוד אינו אלא אמצעי, לידה ההלכה, איך לקיים המצווה, right? לאי עודש מקיום המצווה עצמו. And he says that because of that, the Torah that they were learning did not have the unique quality of saving them, בין while they were learning, בין while they're not learning, it just had the quality of any mitzvah. But it doesn't have, because they had no interest. And he writes, איקה מצווה סלימן התורה מצווה בפני עצמו, להגויז ביומן בלילה להעמיקו לעיין בו, ולא רק בשביל לידה, ולא רק בשביל לידה איך לקיים המצווה. And that's the pshat of Lishma. So what I found very fascinating is this. <laughs> the Reb Moshe and the Chassam Seifer are both saying the same word, but Reb Moshe says it dafka in Rashi, and the Chassam Seifer says it dafka in the Rabbeinu Yoyim. I just thought that that was very, very fascinating. And then he writes something else, Chassam Seifer, And this is perhaps similar to Rabbi Moshe, but with a slightly different angle. So Rabbi Moshe simply writes, they chased after the Hevel, they were worried about COVID, they were worried about Parnosa, they didn't consider this the Tachlis. Sam Seifer is already dealing in a world where Chachma was very important in the Maskilim, and it was a difficult time. So he writes, Ikar his pa'arusam hoya bi'idiyas sha'ar ha'chachmas. They were excited about philosophy, and they were excited about science, and mathematics, and rhetoric, and whatever else. The Chachma of the Yavonim. Ubesayf hoya omrim shagam batayra ha'ibakiyam. And that's how he teaches B'derech Melitza, I imagine, Shloi Be'erchu Ba'toret Chila wasn't the priority. It's okay. It's Kedai to learn. It's important to know. It's a mitzvah of Neatzma. But there, there, are, there are more important things to know. That was the Be'erchu Ba'toret Chila. It wasn't the first thing on their minds. Shloi Hizborchu V'esparu. He learns Be'erchu doesn't mean the Maisa Brocha, Brocha to Hashem, Alekeinu Melech Ha'ilam. He learns Be'erchu Ba'toret Chilam means they didn't, they weren't Meshabeich the Torah, that that's the number one. That's the, you know, the ultimate knowledge, the ultimate priority, the ultimate understanding. Shlo Yizborchu Bisparu Ba'toret Chilam Al Bishar Chochmans Techila. And he says, and this is something that the Chassam Seifer says in a number of places, when it says, El Mul Pnei HaMenoiro Yo'iru Shivas Haneiros, who are the Shivas Haneiros? And what is central to the Menorah. So everyone knows Menorah is Chochmah. So there are Sheva Chochmas. But the Mupnei HaMenorah, Yehu Shivas Haneiros, but this, this, this is the central focus on Torah. Everything comes out of the Torah. Shemul Ara Torah, Yehu Kol Shivas HaChochmas, Sheiniyol LeMesharsim, like the Rambam uses a Lashem Lara, Kochas Ulitabochas. They are servants. So that's what I wanted to share with you, that some Sefer has several pshatim, but in his first pshat, that he says they only learn Torah to be able to do the mitzvahs, he teaches that that's what Shalom Shema means, Lishma. It's not for the sake of Torah itself, it's for the sake of the mitzvahs. So it could be Lishem Shamayim, but it's not Lishma. And he teaches that 
in the Rabbeinu Yoyna, whereas Rabbi Moshe says exactly the same thing, but he touches it bedafka in Rashi, Lafuke Rabbeinu Yoyna. And how does he touch Rabbeinu Yoyna? Touches Rabbeinu Yoyna that Torah was a mitzvah, but it wasn't such an important mitzvah. It's just another mitzvah. Just another mitzvah. That Torah, you know, we don't have to say more. I was thinking, how could you be learning Torah? Well, I say it's not easy. So you have to have that incredible gishmak. Where do you get the gishmak from? Because it's ki heim If you understand, it's ki heim chayenu v'arich yameinu, you can get a gishmak. And the Chazanish was the ultimate example. Every vinkel of Torah was equal to him. Every vinkel of Torah was beautiful, was gorgeous, was special, was important, was critical. You had to know it. And that's why you have the Chazanish in the most esoteric parts and he's so midactic and he's so careful about every word with such a messiness, with such a, a graciousness of spirit, besides the genius of the mind. There's such a, you see the Havasatayra, even though he doesn't drool over it, you know, but you could see in the way he's learning that everything is so important. So I want to finish with a marshal that I once gave. The, 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 the Sometimes I'm didactic. Is it this Ravuna? Is it that Ravuna? Sometimes the smallest little diukim. So I wanted to give a marshal what's that all about. I said there was a factory, and one night the foreman and his boss, the owner of the factory, were walking in front. The gates are locked. The doors are locked. Everything is locked. On the third floor, the fourth floor, one light is still on. Somebody forgot to turn off the light. So what is the foreman thinking? The foreman is thinking tomorrow... I'll make sure that that light goes off and I'll chastise the fellow who left it on. What does the Balabas do? He takes out his bunch of keys. He opens up the gate, opens up the first door, climbs up to the third, fourth floor, and he turns off the light. You know why? Because he's a Balabas. That's why Toysvus was so, so concerned. He had the Balabat. They have the Achrais. This is we will see you next week. Thank you very much.